Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. She grew up with the children of the stars. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the LA Kings podcast here on the Believe Network. This is episode three. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Shannon Bentley alongside Kevin McClelland, and I think we'll just get right into it. We've got a lot to talk about today. Some good results this week for the Kings, eh? Yep, but it didn't get started that way, unfortunately. A 4-2 loss against the New York Islanders. Yeah, it was a, it's a, a different game, obviously. You know, the Islanders played the night before and got that big win against Tampa, and, and L.A. was coming in off their 11-day layoff. But, you know, yeah. they did they did exactly what they wanted to do. They, uh, you know, uh, kept it uh, low scoring in the first period, got to that first 10 minutes, and, you know, it was 1-1. And then they even uh, you know played a stalemate all the way to the third period and got that uh, second goal. But Yeah, the go-ahead, yeah. yeah. Then they fall asleep at uh, uh, thir- <laughs> uh, 31 seconds later, and uh, – Sure enough, yeah. it's two-two, and then they get another late, late goal, three-two, and an empty netter. But still, a pretty yeah. decent, pretty de- decent effort going to a real tough building, obviously. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought they pr- played pretty well, um, and they had Ledoux on the uh, defensive line there filling in for Muzzin. Yeah, and uh, he looked pretty good, you know. And he again, did. They uh, they played well, quick, played well, even on that third goal, the game winner, you know. Uh, Haglin went out to the point and he went inside out to the point and made it difficult for that D put him at a bad angle but the guy in front of the net you know just wasn't tough enough on that guy and deflected nothing's for quick uh, to do there's no way he's going to stop that but that's when yeah. you know there's only two minutes 32 seconds left in the game you got to get gritty and greasy and uh, make sure that guy doesn't get a stick on the puck but you know a chance for at least a point in that game slipped away and uh, uh, yeah that's a tough 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 pill to swallow yeah absolutely um, and speaking of Muzzin, he uh, he's now played three games as a Toronto Maple Leaf, and uh, I think he's fitting into their lineup pretty well. Yeah, I've read a few headlines and stuff, and he's he's playing a physical game up there. He's uh, producing on the points, and you know you're playing with those guys, so uh, it, it makes it a lot easier too. Um, obviously, that's a young and up and coming hockey club there that uh, that uh, you know score a lot of goals, so he fits in well, yeah. and uh, looks like they're happy with him. But hey, the LA Kings are going to be happy. And they're probably saying, well, why do we trade Muzzin? But you know what? They're down the road, the Kings will really benefit from that trade. How so? You know, they're getting a first-rounder. Who knows what the first-rounder is going to end up. But obviously, it's going to be anytime you get a first another chance at a first-rounder, you know, that's uh, good for your hockey club two or three years down the road. They might hit a home run and get a guy that can play right away, too. So the, un- the unknown of it uh, is always mm-hmm. out there. But... You know, they got a couple good young players that they could probably stick in their lineup anytime soon. But, you know, that first round draft choice could be a gold mine too. True enough. And they are one of the oldest teams in the league. So they, they could definitely use some fresh blood. That's for sure. I mean, they're looking and I don't know what they're going to do here. You know, they're tightening things up in the standings and, you know, they're right there. There's a bunch of teams. The only thing is you got to pass so many teams to get in that eight spot. But, uh you know, they're doing their best and uh, what uh, whatever the management, Blake and Robitaille, two good hockey guys, they'll do the right uh, thing and uh, we'll see what happens here in the near future. Yeah, it's a tight division, that's for sure. So the next two games after the Islanders were fantastic wins. Such a great game against the Rangers. Uh, it was so great to see them win in overtime. 
Yeah, it was. And uh, again, they didn't quit. And, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, these leaders are really, you know, keep pushing and keep pushing. They're, they got a lot of pride and they want to get these guys into the playoffs. But, you know, they outshoot New York in the third period, nine to three. And that uh, the, the game tying goal was just unbelievable. Just a quick dump in and uh, Toffoli goes hard. He's the first man on the four check. He doesn't wait. And then you got the, the kid driving the net, passes out to him, boom, tied. And then they go into overtime. Doughty, he makes a great play on a two-on-one. You could almost see on his face going, oh, no, this ain't going to happen again. But, you know, he played it well. He made that uh, shooter adjust his shot. Uh, it didn't go in. Then they go down the other end, and uh, Toffoli scores the game winner. Yeah, I felt they uh, they started the game a little slowly. The Rangers were just out skating them to every puck. Um, they the, the Kings just weren't forechecking. They they started off a little slow, but then they really really picked it up um, after Kempe's goal. He and he Kempe's on fire. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, he's there for that club right now. And so are your your main guys. They look like they're always on the score sheet at the end of the night. And uh, you know when you're talking about slow start, anytime you go into a opposing building, especially nowadays, you know you're going to be on your heels a little bit. So mm. um, you know they weathered the storm and uh, they got a great uh, big two points out of that night. And uh, absolutely, really going to help down the road. It was a great night, except for the fact that Carter came away with an injury. Uh, in the second, and he didn't return for, for the third, and, and obviously he hasn't been back since. So hopefully that's not too serious. Have you heard any news about that? The only thing I've heard is the old upper body injury. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny, you know, like when, when I played, we used to always say, well, you know, you got a broken wrist or a bad knee, and they, all yeah. of a sudden, I don't know when that started, lower body, upper body, but, uh, yeah, they keep a pretty tight uh, tight lip nowadays. But uh, he's not in the lineup, uh, you know, obviously – you know, he's a big part of that team, but uh, they, they're finding a way to get it done without him. And sometimes when you inject other guys into the lineup, that's a spark you need every night. Yeah, they've uh, thrown uh, Thompson in the lineup now. He played against the New Jersey Devils, and uh, he, he held his own. He did, they did pretty well. It was an interesting game, uh, Kobolchuk returning against his old team. He, that's the first time he's been in New Jersey since returning from his retirement. Yeah, and a lot of guys on the team, too, know that obviously that was his uh, his returning uh, uh, to New Jersey. And they pick it up a little bit, too, because he's got a lot of respect. Right. And, uh, he had some great years there with that organization. So, you know, they had a little bit to play for. And right now, that's good for that team. As long as they got things to play for and have efforts like last night, I think it's going to be a good result all the way to the end of the year here. For sure. And I thought it was kind of funny that uh... – uh, not only was it Kovalchuk's first time back in New Jersey since his retirement, um, but he was the one that helped take the New Jersey Devils to the Stanley Cup Finals versus the LA Kings, who ended up winning that Stanley Cup. I thought that was pretty, pretty yeah. funny. It's always ironic. You always go back and, uh, you know, a lot of times play where you played and uh, uh, like some, obviously a lot of great memories for him there, but uh now he's on the other side and the other team, and uh, he went in there and did a great job. The other good thing was, uh, you know, they got to give uh, Quick a bit of a rest last night and put Campbell yeah. in. So anytime you have a result of a 5-1 win with your backup goaltender and they're playing on the road, second game in two nights is uh, is a real big plus for your organization. Absolutely, yeah. Back-to-back -back games must be pretty exhausting. So what was it like for you when you played the Edmonton Oilers for the first time after leaving that club? I w that was so difficult. I remember that game. It was uh, back in Edmonton. So many emotions, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's real tough. But uh, 
you know, I was in Detroit and we weren't a very good team there. So obviously it made it even tougher uh, mm. going, going back to Edmonton, just a lot of memories. And, uh, you know, you meet a lot of good people and a lot of good teammates, but now you come back and uh, you're on the other side. So again, I was that player that had to go out and be physical and, uh, you know, if something happened, I had to drop my gloves and, and nothing, <laughs> cha- nothing changed it just because I was in that dressing room for seven years. If someone on the, uh, Oilers done something stupid that night. I'd have to go and uh, and fight him, and that could have been the guy I was best friends with. But uh, oh man, uh, what is that like? That's tough. That's tough. But uh, you know, you know, it's part of the game, and uh, we did it. And usually, we'd go out and have a, have a Pepsi or a coffee after the game. <laughs> Some good old fashioned wobbly pops. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so looking ahead, uh, they've got 29 games remaining on the schedule in the regular season. And they're only six points out of a wild card spot right now. Yeah, but and we talk about that six points, but there's teams ahead of them too. That everyone's got, they, you know, the Kings keep winning. Those other teams, all those other teams, got to keep losing. So yeah. it makes it makes it difficult. But you know what? They're just in the frame of mind where they can control what they can control. All they can control right now is going out playing hockey as well as they have the last three games. Keep going, try and get wins and. Uh, let the other teams, uh, you know, fate uh, fall off the off the charts, and hopefully they keep passing these guys. Yeah, I've really I've seen that this year they've been really inconsistent. The Kings have been inconsistent. You know, they haven't gotten more than two wins in a row. They're, this is the longest streak they've had uh, in 2019. So hopefully they can take this momentum and just keep going with it. Yeah, and uh, I, th- I think they can. Again, you know, I imagine they're going to put Quick back in in Philadelphia and uh, – uh, yeah. You know, that, that's a tough building to go in, especially the way Philadelphia's playing right now. They're on fire. But this is a team going in there with a lot of confidence right now. And I, I think they can put a string together for sure. Yeah, they've got three more games, I believe, on the schedule in their little road trip here. I should say huge road trip here. Um, and then they're back at home. So they've got Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, still to play uh who's going to be the biggest challenge they're all tough when you talk about those three teams right there especially Mm -hmm. going into those three teams buildings you know philadelphia would have you know if you looked at the schedule three weeks ago you would have said well that would have been uh you know a game that we can go in and win but they're playing so well right now and then you got boston it's always good and tough at home and then you got washington which obviously is a stanley cup champion so again they can't worry about uh who they're playing they just got to go and put their best foot forward and and do what they've been doing and uh, what i've noticed in the last few games is they're not quitting and that was even going back to the uh game before the all-star break where they got down to nothing there was no quitting the team and and that's what you like to see yeah they are incredible athletes and speaking of incredible athletes did you happen to catch that video of oscar fantenberg over the super bowl weekend kicking field goals that's unbelievable. He was kicking field goals, 51-yard field goals, and making them. I remember when I played, I couldn't even touch my toes. Actually, <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh, how far the games come. But yeah, these guys are uh, in incredible shape. And when you, you know, they got uh, you know guys, sh- uh, nutritionists showing them how to eat, and you know, uh, strength and conditioning guys that uh, that allow them to play. They could play three games and three nights. These athletes for sure. So. Uh, wow. Two two nights in a row is not real uh, real big for these guys for sure. How have things changed um, as far as training is concerned? Is there is there a big change over the past 20, 30 years? Oh yeah, I mean nowadays, like I said, these guys got nutritious and everyone's got uh, uh, personal trainers and stuff like that. The game's come a long way in that aspect. I mean, 
you know, we ate pretty well back uh, in the day, but, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of to uh, night before a game to be sitting on your couch and calling Domino's and order, ordering a pizza. So now, <laughs> now, nowadays that's not, that, that's not going to happen. And uh, uh, like I said, it's come a long way and uh, so is the game of hockey in, in the NHL. So you see these guys, they're, they're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. And, and to get, to, uh, get through two games and two nights is nothing for these guys. Wasn't that called uh, carb loading back in the day? Yeah, extra, pe- <laughs> extra pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you been up to uh, in Utah with your hockey? All right, we're actually heading out to Boston tomorrow with my U15 and my U16 team. We're in the playoffs now, so it's going to be uh, uh, good for these guys. Uh, we're going to take uh, take on the top uh, top teams down east, and it's going to show these guys in Utah where hockey's not big, but it's starting to get uh, – get a little bit bigger and shows them what they have to do and how big and strong they got to get to and, and the type of players that uh, they got to compete with to uh, go on to their scholarships or go play junior. So looking forward to this weekend. We got a great big snowstorm out here. It was nice. I got in my car this morning and went for a little <laughs> ride. I missed driving in the snow, but we got dumped, <laughs> we, we got dumped on last night. Do people there like know how to drive in the snow? Nope. It's chaos. <laughs> it's chaos, you know. <laughs> Too funny. So tell the uh, the listeners who may not realize how the whole youth hockey system, farm team system works. Well, we just have, you know, like U15, U16, U14, U18. And, uh, you know, you have your different tiers. I coach tier one, which is supposed to be, you know, the best players. And, you know, we just travel around the countryside. We're part of a, a league called the ECEL. And we go and we play teams that... Uh, uh, you know, are real good hockey clubs, real good hockey clubs. And they've got guys that are committed to uh, university and stuff like that. And then you got your tier two, which is a notch lower. And then you just got your house rec uh, group. So I'm coaching in a tier one program and uh, it gives these guys opportunities to go down east, uh, uh, get some scouts uh, looking at them, maybe put these guys on the radar screen. But it's a lot of fun. These guys come out and they're so uh, full of full of uh, piss and vinegar. Uh, <laughs> they play hard. They want to try and, uh, you know, go on and have careers like these guys that play for the LA Kings and in the NHL. And that's their dream. And uh, they work hard and they push for it. So where would they go from a tier one league like yours? What's well, the next step? Last year on our 15 team, we had a kid named Dax Purser. Uh, he was listed by Tri-Cities. So he's listed by Tri-Cities right now in the Western Hockey League. And when we go out on these... Uh, uh, tournaments, you know, the scouts from all the universities, you know, a couple of them will come in and talk to some kids in our dress room. Uh, in our league, there's been a lot of guys that uh, uh, have uh, signed letters of commitments. Uh, Jimmy Dowd, he coaches the New Jersey Titans uh, U15 team. His son is a heck of a hockey player. I imagine we'll be hearing about him down the road for sure. So they just, uh, you know, they get seen, they talk to scouts. So their goal is to go and play in the uh, 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 Western Hockey League or the o- Quebec or the OHL or other guys want to go to the route of university and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully they can sign letters of intent to go to these uh, big universities. And then once they get to a league like the OHL or, or Quebec Major Junior, then that's when they are basically being scouted for the NHL. Yeah, usually, you know, when you get there, you go play in the Western Hockey League and then usually at a young age, you know, before they even can see your full development, you're, you're drafted into the into the NHL. So these scouts got a hard time projecting how big these kids are going to be, but, you know, 
after they draft them at 16, you know, how good they're mm-hmm. going to be. So getting to the Western Hockey League or the OHL or Quebec, that's the easy part. The mm. part after that is getting drafted and, you know, finishing your career off and uh, trying to get uh, into the NHL. And where did you play in the minors? I was, uh, I didn't play in the minors until later in my, uh, till later in my career, but when I was growing up, I played in Oshawa, Ontario my whole life. I played midget there, and then I got drafted to the Niagara Falls Flyers. And mm-hmm. then uh, after my first year, uh, I didn't even believe I was going to get uh, drafted in NHL, but it was the first year of the underage draft, so they dropped the age level. So I got drafted after my first year of uh, uh, junior. I only had 28 points, so that's what I'm saying. They're looking at me as a 16, 17-year-old trying to project me at 20, 21, um, but that was a big uh, plus for me getting drafted. I got 28 points, like I said, my first year of junior, and wow. that gave me so much confidence. I went back my second year, got 108 points in my second year of junior. So Whoa. that was a big, big year for me, obviously, and uh, helped me get into the NHL. And I was supposed to go into the NHL as a scorer. I was a scorer, man. I was a scrawny little kid, and, <laughs> you know, I went to Pittsburgh. Things didn't work out. And obviously, I got traded to Edmonton, and when you go to Edmonton, you can't tell Gretzky and mess to move over. Hey, Max in town, <laughs> they would have just laughed. So had to change my role a little bit and uh, I did, but I wanted to do anything I could to stay in the NHL. Sounds like a fantastic career, no matter how you spin it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And now you're coaching. Coaching. Yep. And it was just, you know, you come to the end of your career and you're, you're wondering, well, what the heck am I going to do now? You know, all of a sudden you've been holding a hockey stick for the last, how many years of your life. And you, saying well gee am I going to change that in for a pen now you really that's pretty tough to do so I got an opportunity uh from Bert Templeton was coaching the Barry Colts at the time in OHL I I drove an hour and a half every day uh, there to the games there to practice and back and uh uh, started started as an assistant coach and went to the Western Hockey League and then had some opportunities going to pros and uh, stayed in approach for quite a while. Got a little bit, uh, little. Not, don't want to say a little bit stale, but it become a little bit uh, uh, monotonous. And then I got a chance to come uh, coach youth here in Utah. And I said, you know what? I need. It's time for a change for me. So it's been a good change, a lot of fun, and uh, it uh, actually uh, recharged me coming back and coaching these young kids to see how hungry they are and uh, see the whites of their eyes and uh, how bad they want to try and uh, uh, play in these NHL clubs. From a coach's perspective, how are we going to get the whites of the eyes of the LA Kings showing for their upcoming games? Well, I think that's already started. I think, you know, when we talked about Muzzin getting traded and you read some of the you read some of the quotes in the paper, like uh, Drew Dowdy, he's uh, talking about how much he loves LA and, you know, nobody's safe in the dressing room when uh, you're at the bottom of the league. So these guys know that uh, they got to put a late charge on here. They, they're feeling good about themselves right now. And I, I, you know, guys like Kopitar and Dowie, man, those guys are great leaders. I've always loved Kopitar, the way he plays and how hard he is on pucks and how well he protects the puck. And uh, he's a good hockey player. Dowdy, again, you know, you didn't see him on the score sheet a lot the last couple games, but he's making outlet passes that are starting all these plays. These guys are going to lead and uh, they want to be part of the Kings for a long time. They don't want to see another one of their buddies uh, leave the dressing room. That's the toughest uh, thing in hockey is when one of your buddies and teammates gets traded. So they yeah. uh, they put a little bit of uh, 
onus on their own shoulders here. They know it's up to them. You know, it's tough to always blame the coaches. You know, the players go out there and play the game, man. It's on them, and uh, I think they've taken a bull by the horns here. I think uh, when they go into Philadelphia, they're going to, into a tough barn. It's going to be a tough opponent, but you know, I think the uh, Kings will bring out their best game. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think Kopitar has for sure taken taken the leadership role. He's got he got three assists in the last game against the the Devils, and he's playing fantastic D. You know, he's getting sticks in the lanes. He's just yeah, yeah, checking. He was a. Uh... He was sick for that game in uh, uh, New York Islands. He, he probably shouldn't even play, but, you know, really? he knew it was a, uh, a desperate situation that he played. And uh, that's what I mean. He's leading by example right now. And you're right when you say he's playing well defense. He always plays well defensively, but he's got so much uh, offense ability. And uh, I just mm-hmm. love I just love the way he protects the puck out there. And uh, you know, I'd like I would just wish he would shoot a little bit more because he's got a great <laughs> shot. But he's at. Uh, player that's so unselfish and he wants always set his teammates up but uh when you're talking about him he's really stepped up his game and it's great to see yeah for sure now we've got to get some uh some hockey players to talk to us we've got to get some guests on the show um and i'm hoping i'm hoping we can get some some of the actual la kings to come and talk with us but i'm wondering from the listeners out there who do you want to hear from you can send us a message and let us know who you'd like uh to hear from at shannon believes either instagram or twitter and we'll see if we can get them on the show that's awesome it'd be great to have a couple of those guys on for sure picking your thoughts on how did you enjoy the super bowl game oh my gosh well i have to say i'm i'm a huge nfl addict um along with hockey but um, yeah, football. I just love the the strategy involved in the game. So I had a an enjoyable Super Bowl experience. I and mean, I have to say it's all because of Tom Brady. I'll admit it. I've got a, a wee little crush on him, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think there's a lot of a lot of ladies out there that have a, a crush on him. And just uh, he's just a class act. And uh, again, it shows like everyone uh, had that team written off because they're talking. They're getting too old or whatever. But you know yes. what? There's always still life in guys like Tom Brady, and uh, I would like to have seen a little bit more scoring, obviously. In, in the yeah, Bowl, yeah. But, uh, the result was good, and again, you know. It's just too bad they had to beat the Rams. Yeah, I know. I know, and everyone always says, well, the Patriots are always there and everything, but you know what? I, I wasn't disappointed with the result and, uh, you know, uh, all that uh, criticism and negativity that they took about, you know, they're done, they can't do nothing. And uh, they stepped up and got the job done. So that's always a good story for sure. Yeah, and and just like we were talking about the the health of all the athletes nowadays, it's that's definitely that definitely had to contribute to Tom Brady being able to play at 41 years old. Like that's just incredible. Yeah, and, and it's good because they've changed a lot of the rules, and you know they protect mm-hmm. they protect the quarterback now from any uh, any kind of cheap shots and uh, late hits and stuff. So it's good for the game. Obviously, they changed a lot with the hockey too, and uh, uh, hopefully these games stay healthy and uh, and nothing bad happens down the road for sure. Yeah, that's true. And if you're interested in listening to more NFL football, you can go to our Believe podcast, LA Rams, and check out what they had to say about the Super Bowl as well. Thank you so much, Kevin. No worries. No worries. And to all the listeners out there, thanks for listening to us. We're having fun with this. And like Shannon said, you know, give us some suggestions, uh, who you want to listen to or any type of uh, topics that uh, that you'd like to uh, pick our brains with. Uh, we'd 
be happy to answer any questions or any suggestions that you guys have out there. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.